Thanksgiving. Well, good morning. I'm glad you guys are joining us this morning. For those of you who don't know, my name's Sean. I'm one of the pastors here at Monmouth Christian Church, and I'm glad that you are taking some time out of your day to uh, devote to purposely pursuing the Lord in, uh, in growing in your relationship, wherever you are today. Uh, and whatever that starting point is for you, we're glad that we get to be a part of that. Uh, uh, some exciting things happened this week. Some awesome things happened this week. One of them we're going we're gonna to talk about at the very end of service. Um, you probably saw our announcement video about house gatherings and the next phase for us as a church and moving forward. If you haven't, after this, you can go find it. Don't leave now. But later, you can go find it. Um, you should have gotten an email from us about it. If you didn't, it's probably because you never filled out a Connect card. And so, or when you filled out a Connect card, you gave us your email address from junior high. And so now it just goes to your junk mail. But um, uh, you can find that. And at the end of service, we're going to talk a little bit about house gatherings. And so if you're interested in getting involved in one, uh, plan to stick around. But he, here's, the other, here's the other really great thing that happened this week. You guys, you guys. I got a haircut. Look at this. Here, here, uh, Whitney, uh, get it. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, look at that. Look. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, here, here, here. Look at this. Look at this. Troy Gallagher cuts my hair at the guys. I always tell Troy, don't mess it up because a lot of people know you, that you cut my hair. The hard part right in there, he cut that in. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Is that not the best thing of your week that I got a haircut? Isn't that amazing? Some of you were getting real nervous, right? I was getting real shaggy looking. I got this close to just shaving my head bald. It's been an experience for all of us. Um, I have a really ugly bald head in case you care. It just looks like three melons cut in half, kind of jammed on top of it. It's real bad. So, um, <laughs> Let's do with our sermon today. Hey, if you have your Bibles, Matthew 11 is where we're at. We're finishing up the chapter of Matthew 11 today, um, and we're going to cover three verses today. So if you know anything about how we do things, we, we got a lot to get to. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew 11, uh, verses 28 to 30 is what we're going to look at today. So uh, if you don't have a Bible or you don't have something with you, you can uh, go to mymcc.info and there's a spot for sermon notes. You can click on it. You can follow along there. You can download the Bible app on another device and you can follow along there. But Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says this, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Can we just pause there for a second? Like, I feel like every week, we hit like three, six, maybe eight verses a week, and I feel like every week there are verses like this, of just like Jesus inviting us to just like take a deep breath, right? Just to like, like it says right here, and I will give you rest. Man, Man, I wonder how many of us need just that today. You know that, that feeling, that sensation you get that no matter how much you sleep, like if you take a nap or, or you get a really great night rest, you, you may have slept really well, but, but you're really still not at rest. Like I wonder how many of us have been going through the last two or three months and we're just tired. I, uh, I listened to this podcast, a really great group of guys talking, and they were talking about uh, this big study that was done, and they talked about how in basically any issue, any issue, right, sports, politics, anything, right, in any issue, 
you have three categories. You have a small group on this side of the issue. You have a small vocal group on this side of the issue. And then they have what they called the exhausted middle. And I wonder how many of us are just exhausted, right? And this is Jesus. Like, this is Jesus. This is what, this, the, the Bible says that the, the, the scriptures, that the word of God is living and active, right? That today, that Jesus is saying, this is his invitation to us. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like, just for a moment, can we just allow all the busyness and the noise and the stress and the fears of this world to settle away for a moment? I mean, that's what we're trying to do here every week when we get together, is just to spend one hour Allowing all the things of this world to fade into the background and to give our weary souls rest. This is my hope today. As we talk, that later as we sing as an act of worship, as we take communion as an act of worship, that whatever we choose to do today as an act of worship, that during this hour we can just rest. We can just breathe. He says this, this is how we find rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. There's one translation that just like reinforces up here, and it says, and I love it, it says it this way, it says, and you will find rest for your weary souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The invitation of Jesus to us is to find rest, to cease the, the incessant striving, the, the incessant push to accomplish and to produce and, and to earn everything that we have that, that, that wears on our souls until we become weary and exhausted and sometimes, sometimes burned out and bitter. And Jesus' invitation is to come to me and I will give you rest. So this morning, today, if you find yourself tired, Jesus has an invitation for you to come and find rest. And he, and, and he tells you how to do it, right? He, he says right here, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Take my yoke. Jesus' recipe to finding rest for your weary souls is to take on his yoke. Now, um, most of you probably don't work with a yoke, I, I'm sure, there are some that have been around farms or, um, you know, watched a documentary about the Oregon Trail, and you know what a yoke is, and we've probably seen a picture. Here's, here's a picture of a yoke. Um, I, I picked this one because I don't know how well you can see on the live stream, but I, I don't know what's going on between these two cows, but this cow definitely has a facial expression that's like, come on, dude, like, get it together. And when I saw it, I was like, that is perfect, right? Uh, but this wooden thing here is a yoke. And uh, the, the idea is that it hooks these two animals together, and then from the yoke, from the strength of their shoulders, they pull, and you connect to the yoke, and it holds them together, and you have this plow that's all hooked to the rest of their body as well, and, and you can do work, and, uh, and you can labor, and you can push. And, and in, in, a, in an ancient Near Eastern world, they would have been very familiar with this tool. I mean, it'd be like saying you know, a tractor, like we all know what a tractor is. They would, they would have touched it. One, one commentary said, um, uh, it's not only significant to 
the ancient Near East to the people that Jesus is speaking of to speak of a yoke, but it is specifically uh, important to Jesus uh, because uh, Joseph, Joseph, his, his, his earthly father, Joseph, uh, was a carpenter. And he said, how many times would Jesus have watched Joseph carve out, create this yoke for a, a local worker, that this was a tool that his hands had touched that he knew. And, and, and this is the, the literal illustration of what Jesus is talking about. But in Jesus' day, this illustration become a word picture for a rabbi's teaching. That a yoke, that this idea that you would walk with a, a rabbi and you would carry his yoke, you would join with him and, and walk with him and follow him. It's why Jesus always says to the disciples, right? Because they, most of them see him or some of them or at least some of the people around Jesus see him as, as a different kind of rabbi. He follows a very rabbi model. And um, uh, he invites them. He says to them, come follow me, right? To come walk with me. And when other people want to follow Jesus, he tells them, you know, I, I've got no home, I've got no place to rest, my, to, to rest my head, because he's saying that if you are going to follow in my yoke, if you are going to follow in my way, if you're going to follow my footsteps, it looks like you going where I go, when I go, and we are united and hooked together in all things. And so this yoke, uh, this, this piece of equipment for a farmer became this word picture that they would talk about of what it meant to follow someone else, to follow a rabbi. So what Jesus is saying is that if you want to find rest, I mean, this is the, the summed down simple part of it. If you want to find rest, follow me and do what I tell you to do. That's what it meant for a rabbi to, to carry a rabbi's yoke was to go where the rabbi went and do what the rabbi says. And Jesus says that if you want to find rest for your weary soul, go where I go and do what I tell you to do. Now, there's, there's something a little odd about this. Um, uh, uh, one of the great theologians on actually the book of Matthew um, his name is Frederick Jail Bruner. He says this. He has a quote about this. He says, a, a yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life. A fresh way to bear responsibility. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We cannot get away from them. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus means that obedience to his Sermon on the Mount, his yoke, will develop in us a balanced way of carrying life that will give more rest than the way we've been living. So the question is, the question that I want to push on today is, if Jesus' invitation in following him is, it, 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 he offers, that he promises in following him and taking on his yoke, that our life will be light. You remember, let's go back to the verse. Look at the verse here. This is what Jesus says, right? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Then why does following Jesus not always feel easy or light? Why does so, much, so many times in our life, does following Jesus feel so hard? 
and so strenuous. I got a theory. I think one of the reasons following Jesus for so many of us in America is so heavy and strenuous is because uh, many of us look a lot more like this. Don't you? Right? The biceps is clearly what I'm pointing out here. Right? No, here's what I mean. Many of us are carrying so much on our shoulders, more than Jesus ever invited us to. You see, the problem is, is Jesus says this, okay? This is what Jesus says. Jesus says to take, to take well, we'll make Jesus green, okay? Jesus says to take my yoke and put it on, right? But here's the problem. Here's what a lot of us do. Um, we, throughout the years of our life, you know, being responsible adults, we've realized that we need to take on the yoke of being financially responsible and reasonable, that we need to be able to pay our bills and have a job that takes care of us and all that kind of stuff. So we put on this yoke of financial responsibility. And then, being reasonable adults, we know that we need to um, be responsible and have a good plan for what the future looks like and, and have calendars and follow through on commitments. And, and so then, what that leads us to is that we start to worry, and as we have more financial responsibility, we start to worry more about what are going to happen to our finances. And so we start to think that we have some responsibility or some control in the future, and so we take on this yoke, this burden, that we need to be able to control what happens in our future, and we add on this, this yoke here and then uh we we many of us end up having a family or you were born into a family and and a family (laughs) that's a burden um uh right you guys all have have siblings and parents and nephews and nieces and and then we're trying to manage the yoke of our family and we put on the yoke of our our family and then we have the expectation of other people and how other people feel see us and if they think that I'm probably my mic's going to get real bad here um if people think that we're uh um uh you know doing what we should we take on the expectation we fear the fear of men. We fear whatever the people say about us and think about us. And then Jesus says, put on my yoke. It's easy and light. And we go like this and go, Jesus, this isn't any easier. This is exhausting. This is absurd, right? Is this not absurd? Is this not the stupidest thing you've seen all week? Mostly in part because it doesn't allow you to to savor and enjoy my beautiful haircut. The problem is, is that Jesus' invitation isn't an addition to the burdens we carry. The problem is, is that many of us have added Jesus to the busyness and demands of our life. Many of us have had career goals, have had desires we want with our family, with where we want to end up, with how we want people to see us, with what we want to look like on social media. And we've bore these yokes. And many of us have bore these yokes for so long that we've never realized what people pleasers we are. How terrified we are that someone might think that we've wasted an opportunity. That, so how terrified we are that someone might think less of us. How terrified we are that other people might talk about us and it might not be positive. So we've added these, we've worn these yokes. These teachings, really, these teachings of the world that tells us that you have to earn, that you have to earn your worthiness. That you have to earn what you've accumulated, that you have to earn 
acceptance, that you have to earn love, and then we add on Jesus who says, my grace is sufficient and it just doesn't fit. And it's all become so heavy. You see, Jesus doesn't invite us to an addition. Jesus doesn't invite us to add a yoke. But Jesus instead invites us to take off the yokes of this world, the burdens and the weights that you fear, the things that you lay down at night and you think about, the things that keep you up at night, the things that you think about while you're driving in your car alone and there's a moment of silence, the things that you seek to medicate with food or spending. To take all those things off and to take his yoke. You see, the thing about, can we put back the picture of the yoke? The thing about the gospel, the good news of what Jesus invites us to, is that the scripture says that Jesus has done it all. My grace, that's what he says to Paul, my grace is sufficient. It says elsewhere that Jesus has consumed the fullness of God's wrath. That what he did, Jesus hangs on the cross, and you remember the words that he says? He says, it is finished. This tool of labor and work, he has hitched himself to, and he has accomplished all that needs to be done. It's why he can say in, in the Sermon on the Mount, in his yoke, he can say, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough to worry about itself. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or where you're going to dress. Don't worry about those things. But trust me, that he who gave his only son, will he not give you everything? You see, the fight of following Jesus is to constantly try and reject picking back up the yokes of this world. The burdens and the weights, the fears. And man, man, our world is consumed with fear. No matter what side of the issue you're on, no matter what issue we're talking about, our world is consumed with fear. And Jesus invites us to trust that he's able, that he's good, that he's sufficient, that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That his ways are not our ways. That his ways aren't our way, that, that, that what he's doing in the world that we don't understand and we couldn't understand if he explained it all to us. But to trust that he's sufficient, that he's able. You see, following Jesus is about the ruthless elimination of the plus. The ruthless elimination of the plus in our life. Jesus plus our self-affirmation. Jesus plus our self-loathing. Jesus plus a successful career. Jesus plus influence with other people. Jesus plus people's expectation or reputation about us. Jesus plus our guilt or our shame. It's the ruthless elimination. Because you see, the gift that Jesus offers us is a yoke that is easy and a burden that's light because he says, I've done it all. I... Uh, I was thinking about after Jesus raises from the dead, he's, he's walking along and John, 
at the end of the gospel that he writes, the gospel of John, um, he says that John, he himself, says to Jesus, he says, what about, what about that one? And he points to Peter, because if you know the story, when Jesus goes to get crucified, Peter uh, denies Jesus, right? He, he puts on the yokes of other people's expectation. He puts on the yokes of fear of his life and what could happen. He puts on these yokes. And John says to him, he says, what about, what about him? And you know what Jesus says to John? He says, you don't worry about him. You, you follow me. What I want to do over there is you follow me. So I wonder today, I wonder what burdens you've been carrying you were never intended to. I wonder what expectation, I wonder what guilt and shame you've been carrying on your shoulders and has been weighing you down. And maybe it's been such a heavy burden for so long that you've even forgot that you ever put it on. See, Jesus' invitation is not to be some special magical potion that you add on that fixes and puts everything together. Jesus' call to us is to be people of faith who believe that God is able and good, who can take off the yokes of this world, the fears of this world, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the future, the fear of our finances, the fear of other people's opinions about us. And simply put on the yoke of Jesus that says that you are a loved, dearly beloved child by a good father who will spare nothing for his glory and your joy. And that we can run through the fields of this life trusting and believing that he has accomplished it. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you because this world is so exhausting. This world is full of burdens and brokenness and pains and heartaches. But we know that you are good and evil, uh, good and able, and that even in the, the evil of this world, even in the heartache of this world, even in the brokenness of this world, that when all we can do is weep and mourn that you are good, that you invite us to come and to find rest for our weary souls. Lord, so many of us are hurting and tired. Would you give us the eyes to see, the courage and the strength to lift off the yokes of this world, trust in you. For you are good, and your grace is sufficient in all things. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In a moment, we're going to worship. We're going to invite you to join us in, in singing and, and maybe in your living room or your kitchen or your car to, to take a moment and, and to sing and declare, even, even if in these moments as, as these words come and you sing these words, maybe they're words that you're not quite sure you believe, that you would sing them and declare to your own soul, preach again the gospel, the good news to your soul. Maybe, maybe in this moment, you just need to be 
and you need to allow the band to sing and to worship. You need to remind your soul that we join with a chorus of angels and all of creation celebrating a good God. Maybe you just need to rest. Maybe in this moment, you just need to be and allow the goodness of God to envelop you and with compassion and grace, remove the shame and the burden and the, and the fear from your soul. Whatever you choose to do this morning, I pray that we would worship. For what more could God do for us than to give himself in our place?